this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to another edition of the in focus podcast i am your host g sampad on march 28th the government introduced a new bill in the lok sabha the criminal procedure identification bill 2022 the opposition vehemently opposed the introduction of this bill going so far as to seek a division of votes but it failed to de- defeat the introduction of the bill as it could muster only 58 votes against with 120 votes in favor of the bill on the face of it this bill proposes to empower police and prison authorities to take i quote measurements of convicts and other persons for the purposes of identification and investigation in criminal matters unquote the term measurements includes stuff like finger impressions palm print impressions footprint impressions photographs iris and retina scan and even biological samples criticism from the opposition has broadly followed two strands one thread argues that the bill violates constitutional principles and guarantees and goes beyond the house's legislative competence while the other set of criticisms dwell on the fact that it gives too much power to the executive with very little accountability raising the specter of a surveillance state so does india really need a bill of this kind and how does the current draft fare when assessed against constitutional norms we look for some answers to these questions from apar gupta who is an advocate and executive director at the internet freedom foundation a delhi based non-profit that conducts advocacy on digital rights and liberties apar thank you so much for joining us Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to this interaction and talking to the listeners of the Hindu podcast. Upper uh, to start with uh, it appears to me that the main thing this bill does is to a expand the set of individuals whose measurements can be taken for investigative purposes and b expand the kinds of measurements. Can you give us a quick overview of where the boundaries lie as of today on these two counts and in what way this bill proposes to expand those boundaries uh, your question presupposes there's a pre-existing boundary or a legal basis for collection and that is indeed correct this is under the identification of prisoners act 1920 and i would ask listeners to lay stress on the year 1920 given that it's a pre-independence statute uh, that statute and this has been fairly a uh, wide ranging legal consensus within the uh, criminal uh, bar um, the people who do uh, day to day work regarding uh, all kinds of offenses and represent uh, accused uh, it's that this law does need uh, to be updated uh, due to the advance of technology and scientific techniques in taking measurements this is also being echoed by the law commission of india in its 87th report in the 1980s and also in the 1980s by the supreme court in the case of state of up versus ram babu mishra so we are essentially on the basis of a pre independence law one made by a colonial power when the constitution of india was not in place looking to compare what are the protections with the post independence post a fundamental right to privacy put a swami law now you mentioned two things firstly with respect to what are the measurements which can be um, gathered under the pre existing law and uh, the measurements which can be gathered include uh, photographs uh, and they also include other measurements which can be taken state governments um, all across india have uh, made amendments to this law given that law and order is a state subject 
and I've expanded the range of measurements uh, through the course of time. And uh, the new law actually does something which is needed, which is suggested by the Law Commission of India, expanding the range of measurements due to uh, the scientific ability to gather more details. But where does this balance lie? And I would say this balance lies in measurements by themselves being taken rather than deep data points which are captured specifically the use of the word analysis which is derivative attributes from measurements which is now used in the definition of measurements by itself so it goes beyond that boundary so i'm quoting iris and retina scan physical biological samples and their analysis behavioral attributes including signatures so the use of the phrases in the new proposed bill, which are analysis and attributes by itself, are derivative data points from core measurements by itself, and they could lead to legitimization of mass surveillance technologies such as uh, facial recognition. The second area of expansion of surveillance concerns from whom these measurements can be taken. Now, under the pre-existing law, it can be taken from people who are convicted or are under trials in any case which is carrying an imprisonment of more than one year. And this one year as a boundary becomes important because below, the, uh, below this period of one year, the offenses which do contain punishment are what are termed quite often as petty offenses. Think about a prohibitory order which is violated for not wearing a mask. Think about loitering uh, or jaywalking on a road or being in a public park after 8 p.m. Think about a traffic violation. These are all petty offenses. And the pre-existing law, which is the Identification of Prisoners Act, only applies to offenses for more than one year, whereas the proposed law breaks this boundary and applies to all offenses. So any person arrested under any provision of law, this is what it states. There is a prov proviso to it which acts as an exemption which says that and has fairly muddled language. It says, and I quote, a person may not be obliged to allow taking of his biological sample. My reading of may not be obliged to allow means that rather than using the word choice, may choose not to allow. May not be obliged confers discretion on a police officer to even provide that choice to a person. So in a sense, it would be illusionary because police officers may not truly offer this choice to people. And even when it's offered, it could be in a coercive atmosphere. Finally, I'd like to say, even if these objections are disregarded and we think that this is purely voluntary, this proviso and exception only applies to biological samples. So any person arrested for any offense, which may include a person not wearing a mask or violating a prohibitory order, will empower a police official to essentially ask for the measurements from that person. So in that sense, this is a tremendous expansion from a colonial law. Right. What exactly does it mean uh, when it says biological samples? Biological samples by itself are not, not further defined within the law, by within the proposed bill by itself. And a dic dictionary definition would, if adopted as is adopted by courts when they do interpret statutes, uh, would be the common meaning of biological, which would be mean, uh, which would mean anything which can be derived from a person's body. And this by itself is a very nebulous and broad phrasing by itself. Okay, so it could be it could mean even DNA uh, samples and so on. 
I'm glad you bring that up. And that becomes important because the DNA bill, which was uh, in 2019, I think, so introduced, was referred to as a standing committee of parliament, uh, science and technology, headed by Mr. Uh, Jairam Ramesh, and even tendered a report, and that's now pending with the government. I participated, I deposed before that committee. And in fact, there's an incredible concern in making sure that that proposed law, as has been put by the government and prior to its reference to the standing committee, can actually have the safeguards under the Justice K.S. Puttaswamy right to privacy judgment. And if one just compares the Criminal Procedure Identification Bill 2022, which is a mere four pages with the financial memoranda and statements of objects and reasons against the proposed uh, DNA bill as has come from the uh, standing committee, uh, it does incorporate better safeguards and it runs into close to about, I would say about 30 to 40 pages. It's a far more comprehensive bill uh, and legislative proposal, which would seemingly have overlaps with the present proposal. And it's not understood why the DNA bill is not advancing and at the same time, the criminal procedure identification bill is. Right. So, so if I understand you correctly, you're saying that the given the fact that the 1920 Act is rather outdated and pre-colonial and pre-constitution of India, your main objection, uh, as far as you can make out, is that uh, one, it uh, it adds this uh, analysis as aspect of uh, collection data, and secondly, those derivative data points you refer to. So the co the collection and the collection of these data points for identification purpose in itself is not a problem. But analyzing them is the problem. Is that right? That is correct. That is correct. So criminal investigation is a long-standing exemption to the right to privacy. And it's acknowledged in most doctrines, including in the United States, uh, where it's actually flowing uh, from direct constitutional express text, or even in the um, European Union, where privacy um, has been enforced as recognized as a, uh, as a human right. However, at the same point in time, this exemption by itself can't swallow up the right, the principal rule by itself, which is the right to privacy. So, in a sense, one of the standards given under the Justice K.S. Swami judgment on the fundamental right to privacy to judge whether any state legal uh, uh, legislative action or executive action is indeed constitutional is to um, apply the doctrine of proportionality that whether the privacy invasion which is being done under a law actually is proportional to the objective sought to be achieved. And here I would say that the use of analysis attributes by itself as well as the lack of safeguards and then the tremendous expansion in from whom this uh, data can be collected under uh, coercive powers which are there in this proposal. So, for instance, a person can be arrested if they don't give their measurements, um, if they're not already under arrest or a subsequent offense will result under the Indian Penal Code. So, I would say that this is a tremendous, tremendous expansion in that sense and is indeed undermining the uh, fundamental right to privacy as much as criminal investigation and identification in principle by itself is an exception to that right. Right. So, if I, I mean, again, if I just sorry to rephrase, if I understand this correctly, so does this, does the provisions of this bill mean that uh, tomorrow, let's say you or I, some some police officer decides that this person's measurements have to be taken, even though we are not uh, under any, uh, we are not under arrest, we don't have any history of being under trial for anything, and they come to take your measurements, and if you refuse, 
they can arrest you and then now you are under arrest and they can take your measurements is that how it works uh, yeah but for that you will be having to commit a pre existing offense by itself and quite often sampath or uh, people uh, like me uh, who speak english who can navigate the law seem uh, economically uh, the middle upper middle class uh, would not be impacted because you know uh, uh, the day to day the legal use of these provisions is done disproportionately against groups which do not have economic power the poor or the who lack social power because they are minorities uh, on gender lines etc and this has been well documented in um, police accountability reports as well as um, in a very good research based article which is called settled habits new tricks by authors from the criminal justice and police accountability project and i'll just read two lines from it and they are talking about digital surveillance in the context of the pardi adivasi community which was at one time designated a criminal tribe so they state quote in reality since these databases are fed by the police's centuries long caste based system of preventive surveillance and predictive policing which has already determined who is a criminal and what crimes habitual criminals commit repeatedly there is no possibility of objectivity or lack of caste bias the cctns this is another criminal database only adds a technological veneer to a caste based policing model so it is foreseeable that if the proposed ambits of measurements is expanded and then put in a database it will likely also target the pardis right so again going back to this coercive aspect of the law i mean one of course is when you when you when you are under arrest but other aspect here is preventive detention so what is the legal accountability or check on preventive detention anybody can be put under preventive detention right yes that's correct and section 144 is a prohibitory order we most of us have now encountered it after covid because uh, the lockdowns in our, our metropolitan cities were indeed imposed under it and if you violate a section 144 order by itself it is an offense and um, in a sense you don't need to imagine yourself to be uh, a person who's a dissident or somebody who's being prosecuted under the unlawful activities prevention act the uapa uh, someone like umar khalid uh, you can be just a regular person who breaks a prohibitory order in some way manner or measure right now one of the criticisms uh, against the bill has been that uh, it sort of it goes against article 23 of the constitution which says that no person accused of a crime can be compelled to be a witness against himself now this uh, in, in this case if you're going to force people to give measurements uh, then isn't that violating this principle i would uh, so i've i've seen some commentary on this and my understanding at least i disagree a little bit on this count is that of course the there's some problematic phrasing in measurements uh, in which attributes are there analysis is there which can possibly then involve uh, some form of narco analysis etc but all of those methods are already uh, termed to be illegal um, under the telgi judgment so i i, I really think that by itself that objection is not very well founded in principle because the indian courts have long held that non communicative information which is uh, measurements for instance do not constitute as undermining the right against self incrimination 
So narco analysis by itself also relies on sedating a person and then posing them questions. Thereby it becomes communicative. You're asking and compelling a person to actually confess against themselves, right? Or uh, so in that way by itself, uh, that is uh, violating the right against self-incrimination. But taking mere measurements by itself, uh, in my view, the legal view uh, by itself does not violate this right. I do uh, think that the Code of Criminal Procedure does not have sufficient protections as well as policing practices need to be improved when information is gathered from people. But that's a much wider problem which requires criminal law reform and police accountability to be put in. Right. Coming to the government's perspective on this legislation, one of the uh, reasons the government has said uh, to justify this bill is that it seeks to bring India on a par with advanced countries, uh, especially Western countries, uh, in terms of their standards uh, for collecting and storing prisoners' identification data. So does this mean that advanced countries in the West already have a legislation of this kind in place? And if so, are their laws uh, any different from what this draft stipulates? So um, a few responses to this. The justification of this law is contained in the statement of objects and reasons as well as the introductory speech by uh, the Minister for State, Mr. Taney. And uh, essentially it's about modernization, bringing it, uh, bringing our techniques on par with Western countries uh, and also uh, improving the conviction rates. Now, for all of these assertions, what one notices is a tremendous lack of uh, data being furnished, evidence being furnished uh, by... Uh, within the proposal or by the Ministry of Home Affairs. So no statistics are provided that which kinds of crime can be um, uh, prosecuted much more swiftly when this law comes in. Uh, what is the bottleneck in the existing system by itself? There is the absence of reasoning. Uh, the second is that uh, in terms of where do foreign countries stand with regard to the investigatory practices, the legal provisions, um, the, the government seems to almost uh, fail to mention that most developed systems also have very uh, most modern advanced countries of Western, at least from the conception of republican constitutional democracies uh, will have a data protection law which acts as a safeguard or will have surveillance reforms in terms of uh, having any kind of a police oversight which is also there. So all of that is absent in India. So you don't have safeguards. And also, the government, again, has not furnished that which specific legislations it is seeking to um, draw inspiration from, which countries it's looking at when it's seeking to improve its practices. All of this is the result of the government not putting up this law for any pre-legislative consultation, inviting experts, academics, uh, legal scholars to debate these issues in violation of the central government's own guidelines requiring pre-legislative consultations. I've said it's quite unfortunate that a well-intended uh, update to the law has uh, become coercive, violative of rights, and of course is having such vague phrases and justifications attached to it. Right. So you're saying that in, in terms of uh, the government's own justifications, where it says that it could help uh, investigations and increase uh, or improve conviction rates, it doesn't offer any statistics or specifics on what kind of crime it's looking at. And when it talks about uh, bringing it on a par with advanced countries, it doesn't say which countries it has in mind. And uh, so bo both these sort of statements are in the air. And thirdly, when it comes to other advanced countries which have such kind of uh, identification collection programs, 
they have data protection laws and surveillance reforms in place and we don't have that either so all these put together sort of sort of darkens this context in very uh, unpleasant ways uh, for the citizens so to speak is that a correct assessment yeah, yes that's that's a correct assessment and that's very well put and like to just add that they could have quite easily done it because the ministry of home affairs especially through the national crime records bureau does maintain these statistics publishes it through crime in india report uh, annually and under this law actually the national crime records bureau will make a electronic database of all the records centrally querying them from the state governments and storing it even for the purposes of prevention of commission of offences which itself uh, presumes how do you prevent an offence on the basis of somebody's measurements without instituting some form of surveillance or integrating it in some form of surveillance like facial recognition so uh, by by itself you know the, the the justification is very weak they have made a very poor case for uh, this law uh, not furnishing any kind of credible evidence arguments data and uh, the databasing by itself uh, is a huge concern in addition to the measurements and the people from which uh, this can now be gathered this data can be gathered Right. You just mentioned that the databasing is a big concern, and and one of the things which people have spoken about is as you as you also refer to uh, the expansion of the NCRB database itself, and the other one is the crime and criminal tracking network system CCTNS. Now, uh, can you talk a little bit about how uh, how this CCTNS is sort of scheduled or expected to be expanded? And given that the population's biometric data is already captured uh, in the other database which has had its set of leaks uh, that we know of how credible are fears that this bill could further precipitate uh, the emergence of a surveillance state i think these fears are very well justified and this is not fear mongering and one needs to consider that a surveillance state does not emerge immediately it's a series of actions over a period of time uh, which contribute to a growing sense of surveillance on individuals so just flowing into this some specifics uh, it's important to consider that the national crime records bureau already operates a centralized database namely the crime and criminal tracking network and systems it's a bundle of technologies it's used by most police stations and it's implemented by state governments but the technology is made by the central government now the interaction between the proposed law and this cctns is not clearly defined though likely given that the powers conferred under for digital records to be maintained flow to the same government department which is the national crime records bureau which is already operating the cctns and will also now operate as a central repository of all measurements in an electronic form so it can bundle both that data because the law also the proposed law also quite clearly states that uh, the that ncrb can share this data with any other investigatory agency itself and there's no clear barrier or boundary put for the ncrb not to do this now the existence of such a legislative power if it goes through with a technical framework already in place cctns may permit multiple mirror copies and parallel databases of these measurements to be made this does increase the chances of data leaks and Uh, it will also lead to integration of these measurements with existing state-based database systems. For instance, 
in response to a standing committee of parliament on police modernization uh, the state of rajasthan has stated it maintains a raj cop application that integrates analytics abilities in real time with multiple data sources inter department and intra department which means it's building in bringing in beneficiary data uh, any kind of data you may have uh, with respect to your interaction with the government including driver's licenses uh, property registrations um, etc etc uh similarly punjab has stated that the pais punjab artificial intelligence system app uses machine learning deep learning visual search face recognition for identification of criminals to assist police this app helps in storing and uh, carrying information about criminals now multiple copies of measurements will be used by various state governments and police departments to enrich these existing databases this also takes away the illusionary benefit of deletion which occurs on acquittal or 75 years from the date of collection of these measurements it's important to note here that the average life expectancy in india hovers around 70 years the end result is a sprawling database in which innocent people who are under trials since you are presumed to be innocent until proven guilty so innocent persons are treated as persons of interest uh, for the most of their natural lives right so we are running out of time upper so one final question before we uh, wind up so we do see uh, quite clearly the various problems with the current draft of the bill so just two quick uh, questions for your responses one uh, like wh- what are the say two or three main uh, changes you would like to see in this draft like say should should uh, for instance it be amended to include only those who have been convicted should have their measurements taken or is it too conservative a stance uh or and, uh, and and secondly should there be a clear full stop on on integration with other databases for instance and second question to you is uh, what are the options for citizens who uh, who want these changes to be made because we have not seen a public consultation so far a public consultation is likely to happen at a later stage of this legislative process uh so a quick response uh, firstly um, there are several changes uh, which are needed in this draft and i will fail to provide specific guidance on it uh, also because uh, this law has only been uh, provided to us about 3 days back and um, it's it's fairly complex so my ask is a process based ask rather than a substantive ask that this law at the very least needs to be withdrawn put up to public consultation and if that can't be done if that doesn't seem like a pr- pragmatic course of action the government should refer it ideally to a standing committee and that standing committee should then invite experts to submit their views um, because i would imagine um, there would be a lot of people uh, who would be uh, interested in improving this law itself uh, given that there is a need for measurements to be gathered both from people who are convicted as well as under trials but we need to set those boundaries to respect the right to privacy the second question what can people do and um, i would say on this law as well as a lot of other things where you see your privacy is being violated a uh, few simple things to do is to prompt conversation within your friend and family networks in which you can bring this up as a topic of conversation um uh, even in a whatsapp group possibly through op-ed possibly in the hindu uh, being posted there um and you can also try to reach out or write to your uh, members of parliament or post uh, your views about it on uh, social media quite often the critique which is made against 
uh, people who advocate for the right to privacy is that it's a elite concern. It's actually not. And more people need to be a part of this conversation. Right. So ideally, you're saying the government should uh, withdraw this draft of the bill and call for extensive public consultations. And if it's not uh, ready to do that, then at least send the bill to a standing committee where exports, uh, experts can come and uh, share their comments and depose before this committee. Uh, thank you so much, Apar, for sharing your uh, insights and comments on this very uh, important uh, bill that has come up. Uh, hopefully, uh, there will be wider public debate on the various issues, including privacy, that this bill has raised. Thank you so much. Pleasure talking to you. Welcome. And it's been a pleasure talking to you. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.